hear me. Скажи мне, американец, в чем сила? А вы что, собираетесь на ней жениться? Да. Ух, красота-то какая, лепота. Таможня дает добро. И вообще не называй меня, пожалуйста, Вероника. Кто я? От ныне русские земля единый быть. This is the Rusfiles Unite podcast, where we watch Russian films and films with a Russian connection. As always, I'm joined by a guest, and this time around, as is, I guess, now the festive tradition, because this is a festive episode, I'm joined by Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Ali. Nice to have you on the show again. Although you didn't plan to have me as your guest, so I don't think you can really call it a tradition when I'm like a substitute. I thought this a last minute substituted that. Yeah, I thought this might come up. Yes, um, I did plan to uh, to have somebody else on, but uh, yes, yeah, scheduling, scheduling. I don't know anymore. Ali and I just got back from spending Thanksgiving in the states. We were there for two weeks, and when he's there, Ali sometimes adjusts the way he says stuff and what he says so that he's understood a bit easier. So he'll say soccer instead of football, for example. So Ali's accent is going to be messed up for the next week or two until he adjusts back to UK normal. Yeah, it's it's code switching or something. I don't know if that counts as code switching. Do you think it does? I guess so. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So yes. I'll be a bit transatlantic-y, maybe. We're also very, very jet-lagged, the both of us, so... Yes. So, uh, apologies in advance if this isn't the most super-coherent episode ever, you know, even by our extremely high standards. So anyway, yeah, it's it's going to be a festive episode. So, before we talk about what we're going to be watching, Carrie, do you have any favourite Christmas or holiday-related films that you'd like to tell us about? One of our family favorites is White Christmas, which is a musical starring Bing Crosby and a bunch of other people that I can't remember what their names are. You will have heard the the song, and there is, in fact, also a movie, which, again, you may well have seen as well. It's which is quite... also a musical. Yes. So not being a big fan of musicals growing up and not particularly a fan of the more kind of croony style of singing, I sort of anticipated hating White Christmas because I don't particularly like the song. But But Bing Crosby is so good. Yeah, I must admit, like I say, don't particularly like the title song, but... It's if you haven't seen it, it is it is worth checking out. Um, I want to say, especially if you're 
in-laws constantly make references to it around Christmas and you have no idea what's going on, it, it's been a part of Allie's cultural education. Yeah, I was going to say just as a just as a hypothetical, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, weird, you were sort of saying about who else is in it. I want to say George Clooney's aunt, Rosemary. I want to say it's Rosemary Clooney. Which one was she? Uh, she's one of the two sisters. Oh, okay. Sisters, sisters. Yeah, but is, is she the one that's the more singing one or the more dancing one? Now you're really testing me. The one who looks vaguely like she might be related to George Clooney, I don't know. Well, neither of them look like George Clooney. Well, I didn't say that. I said, like, vaguely related to... But, yeah. Anyway, so she's in it. And I feel really bad for describing her as just George Clooney's aunt. (laughs) Because, you know, she was clearly... She had a career in and of her own right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway... Um, it's, it's, it's a good movie. Um, any, any others? Well, our personal Christmas tradition is to listen, listen to, we just listen to movies. Um, <laughs> oh, the, the, you know, the, the pictures bit. Yeah, who cares about those? Right? And then we smell them afterwards. <laughs> you might do, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> just rub our faces in the CD cases. That great plasticky smell. <laughs> Uh, I think that might be the jet lag talking. <laughs> we watch... Muppet Christmas Carol, I think, is what you're going for. Yes, that one. I was going to say Muppet Treasure Island, and I'm like, that's not that's not right. But Muppet Christmas Carol, yes. Yeah, although I suspect the success of Muppet Christmas Carol is the reason that Muppet Treasure Island was a thing. They briefly yeah. went... 19th century novels are the way to go. We shall adapt those with Muppets. Yeah. I kind of wish they'd done more of those, because I do like Treasure Island. It's fun. Both of them are fun. Yeah. But Muppet Christmas Carol is the one that we watch at Christmas. Because it's festive. Mm-hmm. And it's a frickin' masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It is one of the best versions of A Christmas Carol that has ever been made. Yeah, because we watched that one with... Um, uh, what's his face from Doctor Strangelove? Extremely famous actor, George C. Scott. You have no recollection of this. I have no recollection of this. Clearly. I'm just giving Allie this completely blank <laughs> stare. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, no, uh, clearly it made an impression on you. It, it, A very deep one. Yeah, it was, it was all right. I mean, he was George C. Scott. He was really good as Scrooge. But. Sure. <laughs> Memorably fantastic. I agree. Um, but I also kind of remember the cast because it had the guy who was the very, very stereotypically aristocratic British ambassador from the West Wing. Jacob Rees-Mogg? Uh, he's kind of Jacob Rees-Mogg-esque, but, you know, without the, you know, desiring to hit him with things, throw stuff at him. And finger tenting. <laughs> Actually, now you mention finger tenting, um, one Christmas movie that we disagree about is... There's only one. Well, this one in particular. It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> I can't believe I've got the name of that movie. That's just the way this podcast is going to go. It'll be like not being able to remember names or or any details about anything. Yeah, I'm not a It's a Wonderful Life fan. It's too syrupy, too 
saccharine to schmaltztastic. Yeah, it, that's a no for me. Whereas normally I hate that kind of stuff too, but I kind of give that one a pass. I like it a lot, but <laughs> we never watch it at Christmas as a, as a result because Carrie can't stand it, so well, it's even, a while since I've seen it. Even for me, Miracle on 34th Street, I can stand it, mm. but it's not a favourite okay. for me. I, for shame, haven't actually seen Miracle on 34th Street. Definitely watch the black and white version and not the more modern Sure, one. sure. But yeah, that, that one, I think, Miracle on 34th Street, I don't think is as popular over here as it is in the States. I mean, I think It's a Wonderful Life is similarly popular here. But, yeah, maybe that one doesn't have quite so much traction. Don't know. And, of course, Miracle on 34th Street is very New York-based. Mm, okay. yeah. Well, you know, 34th Street in New York City. So. Sure, sure. But, I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is very much small-town America-y. True. But... I think we kind of like the underdogness of that one. And there are a lot of cultural touch points that relate. Like, for example, the Car- not Cary Grant, the other, the guy, Jimmy Stewart. Yes. So Jimmy Stewart, like, you know, it's important that Jimmy Stewart saved his brother because his brother went on to save people in World War II. And you know, that's something, the World War II reference and things like that are cultural moments that were in a sense shared with the UK so you would Mm. get the reference and get why that's important because it was also an incredibly important historical moment for us yeah yeah to the extent that it still defines way too much about UK identity in proportion to how long ago it is I think we're starting to veer further further (laughs) away from Russian festive movies. Yes, yes. Speaking of countries that World War II is a big deal in. (laughs) So, yes, the Russian festive movie that we're watching this time around is... The Russian title is Yolki, which means... Is that pine tree? Yeah. Christmas tree? New Year tree. Yolki palki? Yolki palki, which is kind of like a euphemistic... Thing that you can say when you might otherwise say a swear word. Mm-hmm. Isn't it also the name of a restaurant chain? It is, which as far as I know still exists. Yeah, yeah they aren't very good. Yeah, it's very middle-of-the-road Russian food. It's kind of like, it's not fast food quite, it's like buffet type. Anyway, Yolki. Yolki, yes. New Year, because in modern Russia, like in the Soviet Union, the the big one is New Year, mm-hmm. largely, I guess, because they're inheriting mm-hmm. a Soviet tradition. There's like Christmas is a thing there, but it's not doesn't seem to be made a big deal about because it's kind of like unless you're super religious, and most people aren't super religious. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have the like commercialized aspect, I guess, that Western Christmas does. Well, that's because you give gifts at New Year's. Mm, right. And because it just wasn't a thing for many years, so it's kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, opt in. And they have two Christmases, sort of. Because some people sort of observe Western Christmas, and some people... 
I thought you were going to say based off of the old calendar and the new calendar. Well, yes, that is what that's based off. Yeah. Like the old new year and the new new year. Yes. So that's a confusing thing. If you've ever studied Russian history and you're like, why on earth are these Russian Revolution dates so confusing? It's because until the revolution, they used a different calendar. And sometimes people will still refer to the old calendar as an excuse to party. Just and drink more and enjoy themselves because, hey, this is also a holiday because it used to be a holiday, which I can get behind that. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I guess we in the West aren't totally guiltless on that score. Like St. Patrick's Day, you know, people who aren't Catholic use it as an excuse to party it up. Mm -hmm. I understand in the States, Cinco de Mayo is very popular with American university students. Oh, yeah. So, yes. It's basically an excuse to eat tacos and drink beer. Which, you know, it's always good to have excuses to do that. Yeah, it is, but it does kind of feel like this is perhaps not the point of this holiday. It's cultural appropriation, which is yeah. bad. But anyway, I shouldn't be. Maybe we should go back to Russian movies. Yes, and the one we're watching. Yeah, so the one we're we're watching is called Yolki in Russian, so it's like festive tree. But the English t translation is really good. Oh, which I only learned recently. It's six degrees of celebration. Like six degrees of separation? Or Indeed. six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Indeed, yes. Ooh. Which I also discovered... Bacon. Sorry? We haven't eaten dinner yet. Bacon. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why that came so readily to mind. I also discovered, literally I was looking this up on Letterboxd, that there's a 1993 film called Six Degrees of Separation with Will Smith. It's, like, very early on in his career. Mm. Um, so, yeah, apparently that's out there. But, yes, so this is Six Degrees of Celebration, and it's... I, I've watched it before, but it was a long time ago. My extremely excellent, wonderful Russian teacher, Agafya, made me watch it, and she made me watch it without subtitles. And so I did not understand very much of it whatsoever. And like our following Russian lesson was me going, describing what I saw, but because I didn't really understand much of the dialogue, it was kind of like this. I makes... saw two people talking and then one of them left the room and then I saw them <laughs> <laughs> talking some more and then <laughs> yeah, they went this other place and then... <laughs> yeah, and... One of the things that made it super confusing was that this is kind of in the tradition of Love Actually and many other subsequent festive movies in that it's a massive ensemble piece. There's lots of characters and they have their own little story strand. I mean, as you might imagine from the title or the English title. Yeah, so... Lots of different characters coming and going throughout the story. So unlike, say, Ironia would be Irony of Fate that we watched last year, where it's, you know, it's a small cast and it's fairly straightforward to follow, even though there's lots of comings and goings in that movie. It's almost like faulty towers in that regard in terms of people, like, running through doors and 
farcical nonsense. But anyway, listen to that episode if you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, but this has many, many characters and has, like, I guess I'm filing it next to Love Actually, which I haven't actually seen. Actually, 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 actually. I haven't seen this movie either, and I haven't even heard of it. Okay. So that's really unusual for a movie that you're doing on this podcast. Because sometimes it's like, okay, I haven't heard of it, Mm. but I've heard of the director, or I've heard of something else they've done. Like, I might not know the director, but if you say, oh, well, this other movie, then I could get to it. I don't know this director, never heard of this movie, never seen it, never had it mentioned in any of my classes. So this is a a completely new one for me. Yeah, well, there's a reason why it wouldn't have been mentioned in any of your classes, because it didn't exist. I think it's from 2010 or possibly 11. Stop making me feel old. (laughs) So, yes. Um, And actually... Love actually? Actually. (laughs) You've been very good in generally as far as heckling is concerned. If anything, I've heckled you more. Um, I think I've inadvertently thrown down the gauntlet there and will subsequently live to regret that. Anyway, yes, directors. There's actually... Keep saying fricking actually. (laughs) Um, Now I'll need to do a super cut of you saying actually. (laughs) Actually, yeah. Yes. As opposed to just one of me heckling you. Yeah, six degrees of actually, yeah. So there's five or six directors. I looked in two places. I looked on Letterboxd and I looked on IMDb. One of them is kind of famous. He's called Timur Bekman-Betov. I think I'm putting the stress in the right place there. And he did the Nightwatch and Daywatch movies, which you will have heard of. Mm -hmm. He also did like the recent... Ben Hur remake that apparently wasn't very good, and he also did Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which again haven't seen, but you must have heard about that when it was out. I don't remember this. <laughs> yeah, I think you've wisely suppressed that one, but yeah. And then there's although I'm still interested in seeing Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, just for the ch- cheese factor. Yeah, I think those two came around the same time. It mm-hmm. was just obviously like doing weird historical slash Pride and Prejudice and Zombies was a book. Right. But I think I think Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter may have also been a book before it was a movie, so it was obviously a very weird cultural mov- moment about five or six years ago, whenever that was. But yeah, so the other directors are Yaroslav Chavajewski, Ignas Yoinas, Dmitry Kisilyov, although not the TV guy from Russia Channel 1 who's awful and then there's uh, another one <laughs> surprisingly surprisingly political episode on yeah that. yeah uh, Alexander uh, Wojtynski yeah it's a new season and apparently I'm spoiling for a fight <laughs> and Alexander Andrushenko who's the one who's on the letterbox list but not on the imdb list so there's like six directors and they're all men yeah yeah so i'm wondering because there's so many directors whether this is going to be a total hot mess of a film yeah that's this is very easily a too many cooks sort of a situation yeah 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 in terms of like consistency of tone or whatever um unless they had one director for each 
storyline within it, and they purposely want them to have different tones? That's what I'm assuming, or I'm assuming how they tackled it, but yeah, probably. So yeah, in terms of these directors, I had a quick look at their, like, body of work on IMDb and Letterboxd, and it seems like most of them have only done, like, one or two other films. One of them, Kisilyov, went on to do a bunch of the sequels to this film. In fact, that's another thing to mention. This apparently was incredibly successful because there's five sequels. Seriously? Yeah. So it's like this one actually was commercially successful, so let's do one every year? Essentially, yeah. And yeah, they got up to Yolki 6. They did do one in 2014 that was was Yolki... 1914, so it was set during World War One. which, why the heck you would decide to set a Christmas movie in World War One? It's also making me think of the Fast and Furious franchise, and if they combine, like, Yolki, Too Fast, Too Furious sort of titles. Yeah, Too Festive, Too Furious. Yeah, yeah. That could be a good one about families. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's about family and Vin Diesel punching people. <laughs> Which may be what your family's Christmas dinner is like. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, um, we should probably eat watch... dinner. Yeah, eat dinner and also watch the film. Food always seems to come up. Because <laughs> I'm usually hungry. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm tempted to stall just... <laughs> I will turn the oven on and ruin this recording with the background noise. <laughs> yeah, that that would that would be very vindictive, and I shouldn't provoke you to that extent. But yeah, I was just editing another episode that's coming up, and we just went on about Georgian food the whole time. It's <laughs> um, a worthy topic. Yes, Georgian food is excellent. Although I don't know if they have any special festive slash Christmas food. I bet they do. Probably, yeah. Anyway, so we're going to watch the film, and what do we say every time? Payekali! Awesome. <laughs> and why do we say Payekali? Because that guy did that thing. <laughs> yeah, it was Yuri Gagarin when he was blasting off to become the first man in space. And it means, off we go. The first guy in space who survived. You always mention this. <laughs> because the people who died deserve to be remembered. Yes. I don't know what their names are. Neither do I. I don't know how. I don't remember anyone's name right now, but they <laughs> still deserve to be remembered. I don't know how into space they actually got. I think I'm going to edit this bit out because it's very dark. It is very dark. We're but ruining anyway. people's festive holiday time, Carrie. That's my goal in life. <laughs> Carrie is embarking upon a new career as the Grinch. Yes. Yeah, if uh, Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't fancy doing the sequels. I'll take over. Yeah. Anyway, so, three, two, one. Hi, Dinner.
we've just watched Yolki, or Six Degrees of Celebration. And had dinner. And had dinner. And this second half of the podcast is brought to you in association with delicious Hungarian Tokai dessert wine. So uh, it's possibly not going to be massively coherent once you add that to the jet lag. But we'll see how we go. It wasn't as good Tokai as what we actually had in Budapest. Because this is the little budget version. Not bad. Drinkable. Yeah. But not as good as... It's still from there, though. Yes. Because it's the EU-protected mark, and you can't just make it in... But whatever the brand was that we had actually in Hungary was better. Yes. But anyway, the anyway. dessert wines that are delicious. <laughs> yeah, either port or Tokai. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Probably not both. That would be ill-advised. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Carrie. Allie. Over to you for the plot summary. So this is very much a love actually style plot in that there are many different plot lines and love stories running throughout it and you cut from one to the other. The overarching plot that holds them all together is between a a little girl in an orphanage in Kaliningrad who says that her dad is the president and she's asked to prove it by having the president in his New Year's speech say a certain phrase. And the phrase is, Santa helps those who help themselves. So the entire movie, or the idea of the movie, is that they can get that message to the president because everyone is separated from everyone else in the world by six degrees, or six people, or fewer. Yeah. So, And the kid in the orth- orphanage who is the friend of... Valia, who claims to Varya. be... Varya. 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 Who claims to be President's daughter. He's like, let's call these other people that we know. Let's get this chain started. So the entire movie is one person calling the next person, calling the next person, trying to get to the president. In the meantime, each of these people that they've called have their own story about what is happening on New Year's Eve night and what they're doing and what they're going through. Most of them are love stories. Some of them are something different. So you're trying to resolve this overarching, will the president say the phrase and thus uh, save Varya from social ostracization? Ostracism, I guess. Ostracism, there we go. Becoming a social ostrich. Save her from becoming a social ostrich at her orphanage? And will all of those individual storylines get resolved all within an hour and a half. Yeah, and we'll leave whether that gets wrapped up in a neat Christmas slash New Year package bow something to you, because we feel feel like it would be wrong to spoil it. Mm -hmm. Although, spoilers may ensue. Usual warnings apply. Um, But yeah, it's it's a festive movie, so, you know, you're smart folks. You can probably figure out that, you know, it's not going to be full-scale carnage, everyone dies, Hamlet style at the end. Or Die Hard style, which is definitely not a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. It happens at Christmas, therefore Christmassy. No. Bar humbug. Yeah, you are a bar humbug. <laughs> uh, good to be heckling again. Uh-huh. So anyway, the movie. Yes. So having gone in completely having no idea what it was going to be like, 
What did you think? It's movies like this that make me angry with Russians for saying that, oh, American movies just all have happy endings and they're not anything serious. Not like Russian movies that have soul and meaning. It's like, <laughs> this one had no soul. This one had no meaning. It's rom-com fluff. You guys have those movies too. Stop trying to think you're better than everyone else because you aren't. Tell us how you really feel, Carrie. <laughs> I think that was restrained. <laughs> well. No no bitterness or hard feelings about any of this at all. No, not based on real life experiences. But yes, occasion, occasionally. Not in any way, shape or form. Occasionally that sort of thing comes Well, they up. Made, you said they made what, like five sequels? Yeah. Yeah, so, so they loved this so much that they had to make more of it. <laughs> Well, maybe it's because, you know, normally everything is so depressing and soulful that, you know, they just like to change and wanted to keep that going. Uh-huh. So you totally hated it. It just kind of was. It's just, it's a rom-com. Rom-coms it's fine. can be good. Yeah, some of them can be really good, and I have some rom-coms that I love, like 10 Things I Hate About You. I love that movie. Not as good as way better than Clueless. But this is not going to go down as one of my all-time favorite rom-coms. It's just kind of... Uh, I think because you have so many storylines that you're trying to cram in there, mm. and it feels... It's contrived. Oh, sure. And it's just... I don't also don't like Love Actually. Just putting that out there. I don't like the Western version. I, I don't know if you can call it the Western version of this movie, but... I don't like that one either. So I'm not being anti-Russian in this. I just don't like either of those. Generally not a fan of the on ensemble, let's see if we can knit all the storylines together in some way. I think you just don't have enough time with any of the characters or with any of the storylines to go into anything yeah, deeply. I think that's, that's fair, especially in a 90-minute movie. Yeah, you have, what, 10 minutes with each one? Yeah, although to be fair, this movie would not be improved if you added an hour and just like added a bit more into each of everyone's story. I don't think that would make it a better movie. No, no. This movie is meant to be a surface, light, entertaining rom-com. Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, I kind of enjoyed it, but I suspect that's <laughs> largely the alcohol talking. It very well may be. We polished off the whole bottle. I mean, it's a s relatively small bottle. It's only 500 mils, but... Yeah. Um, I think a normal bottle is 750. Normally, yeah. Yeah, there you yeah. go. But yeah, I, I thought it was, on this second viewing, good for what it was. Like... You wait, second viewing? Oh, that's right! He <laughs> <laughs> saw it for Agafia. Yeah, actually, that was what I was going to say when we paused the film when we were watching it and I was going to say something and then I thought oh, I'll just mention it later. So what I was going to say back then was specifically the scene in McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Oh there's so much product placement in this film but we'll get back to that. Looking back on it my Russian teacher Agafia showed me that scene in isolation in one of the lessons and then she set the rest of the film for homework so that kind of came back to me. So like oh yeah. Well, I can see why this movie was difficult. There's there's parts of it that are narrated by your standard 
very deep-voiced Russian man, so you don't even have somebody's mouth to read. All those different storylines being, like, disconnected and disjointed and whatnot. Like, it would just be very difficult to understand without subtitles. And we even had a bit of difficulty in that it was the version that we watched on YouTube was fairly quiet. So it was a bit difficult to listen to and hear and just physically hear it. So it was... There was a lot of reading the movie and reading the subtitles. Yeah. Which I think decreased my enjoyment. Um, mm. About that voiceover, though, and that whole setup at the very beginning of the film, I thought that was interesting because that made me think, is this film sort of aimed at an international audience? Because in some ways it was very Russian, but just this setup was very much... Russia is a very big country, and it has many time zones, and it's New Year in, in one time zone, and then nine time zones away in Kaliningrad. It's not New Year yet. Maybe it was intending to be that, but it's like, that movie isn't good enough to travel all over the world. Now, granted, a lot of Hollywood movies are also not good enough to travel all over the world, and yet they still do anyway because of their distribution networks and because it's Hollywood. Yeah. Whereas this, just Russian movies, don't have the distribution networks, and there aren't any major worldwide stars in this. Whereas, like, Love Actually, you have guys like Hugh Grant, there's Emma Thompson, there's I Will Find You and I Will Kill You, (laughs) I Have Special Skills, what's his name? Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Like, there are... There's... World's Most Deadly Grandfather. Yeah, the World's Most Deadly Grandfather. There's Severus Snape. God rest his soul. Yeah. There's... We really cannot come up with anyone's name this episode. (laughs) Did did you already say Emma Thompson? Yeah, I did. Okay. Who was Severus Snape? Alan Rickman. There we go. Okay, yes. So there were worldwide stars in that movie, whereas this one... Yeah, it helps. In fact, from the bits of Love Actually that I've seen... If you put lesser actors in it, it would be just incredibly terrible rather than just like, this is kind of elevated by the quality of the performances. Yeah, and also the market reach and marketability is elevated based off of Yeah, everyone wants to see Alan Rickman and stuff. Or Emma Thompson. Yeah. Like, that automatically piques my interest because, you know, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, although, how dare you suggest that Vera Brezhneva is not an international superstar? <laughs> I have no idea who she is, really, even after watching the movie. I, I think she's a pop star who's quite successful in Russia and... Well, I assume it was other... a lot of her music within that. Yeah. She's yeah. a pretty blonde. Yeah, I remember seeing, like ads on the metro that she was in because once I'd seen this movie I was kind of like oh okay so she's a famous person so that meant that you know if it was specifically her in those ads I'd be like oh yeah I remember her she was in that dumb movie my pop culture knowledge of any pop culture is limited (laughs) um yeah so that's kind of weird in that you have one person playing themselves which works better if the audience knows who that is. Well, didn't it love actually, like, Liam Neeson had a crush on some model and then the model shows up at the end? Maybe. I haven't, you know, like I say, I've only seen bits of No, because there was, there was a joke that, like, he could get remarried and it'd be fine if it was 
some hot blonde model. I could be making this could be the wine talking. <laughs> so I'll I'll just say it's what's her face and continue the theme yeah, of this r- entire podcast. Yeah. Write in listeners and correct us and let us know whether it's actually worth watching Love Actually. Actually, actually, actually. It actually isn't. <laughs> so I've heard. Now, from what I... Because I've read... It's stupid. I haven't watched it, but I've read articles on Love Actually. And the gender politics in that are sometimes pretty crappy. They're not great in this at points. No. But it, it, this one made me less angry on that point than um, The Irony of Fate. Yes. <laughs> so you're not planning on calling any of the male characters trash? N- well, Lyosha. He was trash. Let's explain who Yosha was. So he's a guy, his storyline is that he's arrested for stealing a necklace from a jewelry store. And as he's being put in jail, he's like, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And then while he's in the cell, he pulls the necklace out of his mouth. Yeah. Which they wouldn't have, you know, searched between his cheek and his gum. So he did do it. And then later you find out that his girlfriend, he just, like, walked out on her five years previous, or five years prior, and she never heard from him again. Not, I broke up with her five years ago, just, I walked out and and ghosted her. Yeah. So, you know, he's, you could argue that he is trash. Yeah, and he sort of tries to get with her straight away. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, nice to see you again. She's like... Mm, I'm not sure about this. And he's like, I'm going to press my luck anyway because I want you because you're hot. And it doesn't matter that I lied and stole and I am trash. <laughs> you are doing so well. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, I concur. He's not a very nice man. And he's accidentally a hero, but it just... Well, it's quite brave what he does slash incredibly reckless and stupid. Yeah, but he's still like... He is not a man of character and integrity. But he's roguishly handsome. Adrian! (laughs) Yeah, for context, Carrie thinks that he looks a bit like Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. So then partway through the movie, we just started yelling Adrian (laughs) back and forth. (laughs) The question is, is this a better movie than Rocky Four? I don't know. Which one's Rocky Four? Rocky Four is the is the one where Rocky wins the Cold War by punching Ivan Drago multiple oh, times right. in the jaw. We're like, actually, that's a knockout blow. No, he's still standing. There's another knockout blow. No, he's still standing. Let's just exchange haymakers until somebody dies. Until we've run out of film time and we need to wrap this up because it's all in slow motion. So it's taking way too long. We should do that movie on this podcast. Because it has a tenuous Russia connection? <laughs> well, large portions of it are set in Russia. So technically it falls well within the rather generous brief that I've given myself. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> Actually, Owen Chules suggested that I should do Rocky Four. Anyway. You can go ahead and do Rocky for at some point. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so, Yolki. Yes, back to the movie in hand. Did you find any of it funny? There were funny parts. There were things that made me giggle. 
I'm not going to give them away because I don't want to ruin any of the punchlines. But there were cute moments. There were some funny moments. There were a lot of ridiculous moments. Yeah, like a couple of scenes that I thought were well-directed from a comedy point of view because they just direct it in such a way to enhance the either the tension or the ridiculousness was the plane scene. Yeah, yeah. There's a fight on a plane for reasons, let's say. And then there's a standoff in a McDonald's. We've already mentioned the McDonald's thing and the product placement. But that's that's nicely done. Mm-hmm. It's almost directed like it's of a Clint Eastwood movie. Wah, wah, wah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, it's not quite that tense. No, but it's it's kind of like it's referencing that sort of thing mm-hmm. in terms of like cutting back between. Yeah. Um, so that works well as a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, there was joke at the end with the uh, babushka that I don't want to give that away because that's a pretty good moment there. Yeah. Um, so there were some funny moments. I mean, I don't feel like I want that hour and a half of my life back. <laughs> like, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> that is very much damning with faint praise, though. It was just kind of meh. Yeah, there was only one, like, this is really egregious moment. And that was the black face. Yeah, I think it'd be more accurately referred to as brown face, but yeah. Right, right, but... Like, this is the second time that I'm on here with you talking about brown face and people imitating other... Ethnicities. Ethnicities. Yeah. And the other one were kind of like, well, it's a long enough time ago, maybe they didn't know... And this was less than ten years ago. Yeah. The difference here is that that was casting a white actor... As a black guy, whereas in this, it's some dumb teenagers pretending that they're Cuban. In order to lie to someone. Yeah, so then they like. So it's, it's not. It's still gross. It is, I totally agree. I totally agree. And it's really ill judged, but it's slightly. It's slightly different, but also, as you say, it's way more recent and there's kind of like. Uh, yeah, you know, as we discussed on the Assar episode, some pretty racist stuff was going on in contemporary Hollywood movies, or then contemporaneous, whereas, yeah, 2010. Uh... Less racist than blackface, but still not perfect. Yeah. Especially considering it's the, well, not the one guy, the, the what, two guys in there that are obviously minorities one is the thief the other is the um the janitor yeah who's clearly an immigrant and a minority and whatnot and none of them are painted in really like good positive the whole way through lights like the one yosha i called trash on this the janitor isn't portrayed as intelligent, wonderful kind of a guy. Yeah, he's kind of a bit of a low-watt bulb, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So it's just, there's a... Which there is that stereotype Yeah. in Russia that I guess they'd be from Central Asia. Yeah, Um. I feel really, really bad because he specifically mentions wiring money to Ashgabat, which is a capital of one of the central... 
Asian former Soviet republics, and I'm forgetting which one it is. So they do make it specific. They don't just go, oh, well, he's from somewhere in Central Asia, like I'm essentially doing. But yeah, it's a little bit like, uh. On the other hand, I mean, the director, I think, is of Central Asian descent, at least judging by his... Yeah, I mean, he was he's probably playing... Like, he's making the movie for a Russian audience, so he's probably playing into Russian-expected stereotypes that the audience would have over what those people are like, and they are slightly mixed characters in that Yusuf ends up being very key to the overarching plotline, yeah. put it mildly, very key. And uh, Liuxia does do something very, very brave, so he's not fully awful. Um, as much as I'm making him sound like he is, there is redeeming quality or two in that. Yeah, some light and shade. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it kind of addressed the issue of police racism. It did. Because the the cop, when he's arresting him, he basically makes some comments where it's just like, you know, I could just look at your face to tell that you're a criminal. And it's like, Because it's not, you know, he's not specifically using a racial slur, but you get the impression that he's implying that... You you have more of a brown face and more of a nose, like you're from the Caucasus or Central Asia or whatever, therefore you're criminal. Yeah, and the cop ultimately kind of gets his comeuppance in, in terms of... And they specifically reference that line when he gets his comeuppance, so it very much harkens back to it. Yeah, so I thought that was a nice little... I think that storyline we, we've been quote-unquote picking on the most because there's the most character growth, the most change between the different characters and the way they are over the course of the storyline. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I'm trying to think of what the other storylines are and whether they're as interesting. Well, there's the whole, like, long-distance relationship thing, and is somebody having an affair, and the whole people having the same name. Uh, Yeah. Many, many different people in Russia with the same name. Yeah. Um, Carrie was saying just as the movie was ending that that plot line works a lot better in in Russia than it does probably other places. We were thinking back to some of our classes about students having the same name, and I think my record is I had a class of eight students, two men, six women. Five of the women were named Elena. Yeah, I think I had a, a class with four or five Katyas once. But yes, for those unfamiliar... Russians are very conservative with a small c in terms of their naming conventions, so it's a small pool of names that typically gets picked from. So, yeah, it does mean you get situations where it'll be like, Dima, and then three people will turn around. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say that there aren't names that are super common in English, it's just, I don't know, I feel like there's a broader range of common names that are picked from. Yeah, I mean, there are loads of Johns and Laurens and all those other very common names. Steve. Steve, and we could name lots and lots of them, but there's still a bit more variety. Yeah, and it seems like it's more common also for either old names to come back into fashion or, like, 
people will pick random ones from fantasy shows or whatever, and like those will become popular names, like Arya or Sansa. <laughs> yeah, they do that less in Russia. Yeah, which has its pluses. Uh, then you don't get kids named Apple. That's <laughs> a random example. Moon unit. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. I think we've probably given this movie enough of our time. Oh, and you say I am the one who's damning with faint <laughs> praise. Um, so, yeah. I mean, by all means... Check it out if you're curious, but, you know. If you have an hour and a half to kill and nothing better to do. And a bottle of something tasty. To take the edge off. <laughs> then you could do worse. <laughs> yeah, This isn't like Loveless, where it was a gut punch to watch, but I can sit here and say, yeah, that's objectively a very good movie. You just have to be in the right mood to watch it because it's difficult to watch. Mm. This is just... It is... Is it me, though, or does the the boy from the orphanage look a little bit like a several years younger version of the kid from Loveless? We'd have to look that up. It definitely isn't, because too many years have passed. There's okay. no way that it would be the same kid. But he does look kind of similar. True. But anyway, that's an aside. They are kind of just kind of generic looking yeah. skinny white kids with light hair. True, true, but something some more about his face. But anyway, that's really beside the point. Mm-hmm. So, dear listener. Daragoy Slushat. That's dear listener in Russian, in case you hadn't guessed. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for joining us for this festive episode. We hope you have a fantastic holiday, whichever thing particularly you're celebrating. That's literally with the upcoming. Because you can't wish somebody a Merry Christmas or a Happy New Year before the actual holiday. You can only wish somebody that on the holiday itself, which we may have explained in last year's Christmas podcast, but... I suspect eh, so. <laughs> it's worth repeating. Yeah. So, All right. Dasvidaniya, folks. Dasvidaniya. Dear listeners, before we go, we need to issue a quick correction to ourselves. The sharp-eared amongst you will have noticed we made a heinous, unforgivable error. Yeah, we used our bourgeois Western capitalist instincts to refer to Father Frost as Santa Claus. Yes, so the whole bit where it says about Santa helps those who help themselves, in fact it was Died Moroz helps those who help themselves. Mm-hmm. I think it's because the subtitles had it as Santa. That's probably what it was. So we blame the subtitles. It was not our fault. Yes. Also, we need to issue a correction to the correction. Just now I said Father Frost. It should have been Grandfather Frost. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. We strive for accuracy here at the Roost Files Unite podcast. Yes, yes. Journalistic rigor is is among our top priorities. Happy New Year, everyone. Yep. Snovum Godum. Snovum Godum. Paka. Bye. Bye.
So that's it for this episode, but before I go, I'd like to thank Sasha Ilukovic and the Highly Skilled Migrants for the use of their song Cold in our intro. You can find that song and the rest of their back catalogue on Bandcamp and Spotify. If you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a rating at Apple Podcasts or at podchaser.com. That second one, Podchaser, even lets you rate individual episodes, so if this episode particularly stood out to you, you can let other listeners know that you enjoyed it. Recommending the show on social media is hugely helpful as well. If you can spare a moment or two to do that, it would really make my day. Thank you, thank you very much. Speaking of social media... Please find us and say hi on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You can also drop us a line at roosfilesunite at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, take care of yourselves, and bye for now. Six degrees of actually, yeah. It actually isn't. And actually, actually, Owen Schulz. Actually, 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 actually. There's actually. Actually. Actually, 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 actually. Love actually? Love actually, which I haven't actually seen. Actually. Keep saying freaking actually. <laughs> actually, that's a knockout blow. No, he's still standing. <laughs>